0: G'day mates, g'day ladies We do have lady listeners, I've been uh, <laughs> I have been confirmed we have lady listeners, thank god uh, Welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast I am your host Troy McCubbin, you have no choice This is Guitar Wank episode number 94 And we're going to continue on with uh, Josh Smith Joshy doesn't really work does it? So it's Josh, gotta say Josh Smith who, um, I was just Facebooking Josh because I wanted him to send some tunes. And he's like, man, I'm jumping on a plane for the next 12 hours. Can I talk to you after that? <laughs> yeah, a, Yeah, probably a good idea. So, he's somewhere in the world. But uh, I wanted to continue on uh, from last week where we had Josh. And then we're going to get uh, Nick, uh, a New Zealand mate, Nick Granville, Granville. <laughs> You know, messing with you, Nick. Uh, but we're going to have Nick on the show uh, coming up. we also got Richard Fender coming up this week, which will be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. So, what's happening. We have some uh, emails, a lot of emails that we have to deal with. We've got to catch up on them with Scott and Bruce. Um, one particular email that I'm getting my ass uh, kicked. And we appreciate that. We, th- I th- actually thank... The, the lady that wrote in and pointed something out that I did that she was offended and I love it, I love the fact that we have a lady that actually wrote in and we know that she listens and two, she's kicking my ass so um we'll talk about that so we need to address that at some point but I appreciate that, so thank you um yeah man, I'm, I'm not perfect by no means so be happy to uh, address the problem you have with me and what I said <laughs> You're one of many. Um, and what else we got? So yeah, so we're gonna continue on with Josh. We gotta thank our sponsors: Dear Dario, guitar strings, Jimmy Dunlop, Wire World Pro Audio cables, uh, erotic, 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 exotic pedals and guitars. Still gotta get out to you guys and uh, check out the factory. Johnny Sir is always doing amazing things uh aea ribbon microphones here in pasadena they are located great company been around a long time make incredible ribbon microphones uh sennheiser for all the help they give us and um I think that's about it my music master class bruce just did a new session new video for that so that'll be coming out we'll be talking to bruce about that that'll be fun and i think that's about it also go a big shout out to a friend of mine in nashville who i think does amazing and uh, fantastic stuff on the web he's a a, a country musician Well, he's just a musician, but he lives in Nashville, does a lot of the country stuff, but I'm sure he does a bit of everything. But he does a lot of videos on sound and uh, getting tones and country stuff and gear and pretty much across the board, especially if you're a a beginner musician or new to that genre. You've got to check out uh, Jim Lil. Go to jimlilmusic.com. I believe that is. Let me double check that. Yes, Jim Lil, that's Jim, J-I-M-L-I-L-L, music.com, Jim Lil, just Google him, but he's done tons of great, really great videos, and I find myself watching the videos, because he's got a lot of information that you might have missed, or maybe you knew some of it, you didn't know all of it, and he goes into... The Nashville um, breaking down of charts and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of Brad Paisley and Brent Mason stuff. And he breaks their styles down. And it's really cool. He's he's a great... I don't know when he finds time to do all the stuff he does. But he's got a great website and a lot of great information. And a lot of free stuff that he puts up. Go check it out. I believe Jim's got a podcast too. And uh, he's in the Nashville scene. I really should actually get Jim on the show and do like you know what's happening in Nashville this week jim so uh, jim i'll reach out to you and we should organize that he's a super super on the on the button is that the no that's not it he's on the he's on on the pulse of what's going on in Nashville i guess uh, yeah but really cool to hear what's going on out there i love nashville and that whole guitar playing thing they do out there some badass players uh, anyway so go to jim lil tell him that guitar wank sent you uh, he'll appreciate that and uh, he'll look after you he's a great bloke and super talented guy does everything um, all right well let's get into it the guitar wank podcast with uh with josh and uh please keep the emails coming we do appreciate it any like we say if you have a problem We've said something to piss you off let us know um add a respect for our guitar wank listeners if you do not want to listen to troy's rant fast forward eight minutes don't be like i saw two and this kind of pissed me off i saw two people uh leave uh comments on itunes and which you, you you're more than welcome to. Please leave comments on iTunes, on the guitar wank. But they just said, we're not going to listen to guitar wank anymore because uh, political bashing and y- y- American bashing, which that was probably me, and I probably bashed America in some parts, but I bash a lot of things. But it's, that's, it's guitar wank, you know? I mean if you're just recognizing that we edit everything out we don't we try and keep it honest and real and sometimes everything we say or do isn't going to be kosher and hey that might be your job to jump in and go hey troy you said this wrong you said that wrong which that lady did um i can't think of her name right now but i think it was kathy maybe anyway she sent me an email and said hey troy i don't appreciate what you said here blah blah At least she had the integrity and balls to say it, instead of just leaving an iTunes comment and going, Well, I'm not going to listen to these guys anymore because I don't want to hear an Aussie bashing America. And to be fair, yeah, I only bashed America because I was just bringing up some points, but write me back and tell me what really offended you and we can talk about it or tell me to go fuck myself on the email or whatever but just leaving a blatant comment like that was kind of weak i thought you know at least talk to me about it and have the balls to actually stand up and say you know what i don't appreciate you saying this because you said this 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 on this episode and i thought it was a load of shit and blah 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 at least do that, but just to say, Oh, I don't listen to Guitar Wank anymore because they were political. He was bashing America. I don't want to hear an Australian bash America. Yeah, kind of weak, man. Come on, you know, at least address it properly. And um, yeah, I, I've bashed America, but yeah, well, is it bashing? I can't remember. I Maybe I shouldn't post this. Am I going to just open up a can of worms? <laughs> Wasn't bashing America, just it was as a foreigner living in america i was pissed off when i hear america is the best country in the world all the time when it's clearly not the best country in the world and i think that was my point i love america but you know your healthcare sucks your education needs work and there's a bunch of other problems too as with other countries but other countries don't go around the world going we're the best country in the world we're the best country in the world i think that was my big statement That would probably piss off some Americans Be pissed off Let me know Tell me But that's what pisses me off And He was basically saying Oh The ignorance Of an Australian Sharing his opinion Dude this is our podcast That's why we do this To share our shitty opinions I'm an arsehole Like the next person (laughs) What? So, your comment didn't make any sense and it did piss me off. I was like, well, it was just a blanket statement. At least have the balls to write me and tell me what you're really pissed off about and be specific. And he won't do that now because apparently he's not listening. And if he's listening, then he lied and he is still listening to Guitar Wank. <sighs> I've got myself in a hole, haven't I? <laughs> oh man it's not all that serious it really isn't if you're sitting at home getting pissed off and angry with guitar wank oh man you need to get a better life because really we're not that serious we're not but anyway there's my rant for the week and i'll probably get in trouble for that because just to leave it on this note i love america that's why i'm here I just want it to be the best country in the world and by improving some of those things and talking about it America could be the best country in the world but nah you ain't the best country in the world you're a great country you're just not the best I don't think there is a best It's such a stupid statement and it kind of pisses me off I'm sure a a lot of foreigners would agree it is really a dumb bully in the playground statement to say we're the best country there's no competition Just, we all want to be great. Alright, shut up, McCubbin. I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but whatever. Fuck it. Um, (laughs) alright. Welcome. I'm sure this is a great intro for Josh Smith. (laughs) I know his dad's like, oh, Troy, you just fucking made this intro horrible. But whatever. Fuck, man. I know, and for the record, Bruce hates talking about politics, as you probably know. Me and Scott will get into it a little bit more, but as Bruce wants to uh, make sure... He doesn't want to talk about political stuff on this show, and fair enough, and my argument is, it's in our face all the time, sometimes it just comes out, and we want to talk about it. So, there's pros and cons, and I know maybe a lot of you guys don't even want to hear about it, and I think we've stopped a lot of the political talk anyway. So... Just saying But for the record Bruce is dead against it I don't think uh, Scott gives a shit And I kind of I don't give a shit either I feel like We're just We're getting together We're having some drinks We're on the couch We're going to talk about Different things And maybe some of us Will say stuff That you don't like Be offended That's great Deal that Offensiveness that you have And write it And share it with us And let us know And then we can talk about it But just to be like, oh, I'm not going to listen to Guitar Wink anymore because they offended my country. Come on, dude. That's, I think that's weak. I really do. Yeah, I mean, you could say anything about Australia and I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to listen to you anymore because I'm offended. Now I sound like a big baby. All right, I've really, really probably pissed off a lot of people now. All right, I'm going (laughs) to... That's right, it's about guitar, right? Guitar winking? That's right, we're about music and guitar, not political and countries. And where the fuck did you just take us, Troy McEvan? Oh my God, now I'm going to get threats and... All right, maybe I shouldn't post this intro, but... There's a big part of me Is like Fuck it I don't care It's It's just Talking And This is a free country Freedom of speech I believe Is a big thing here So You know I'm a, It's a fucking stupid little Guitar wank podcast I mean Come on Anyway Can you tell it pissed me off Wow Alright Now that I've vented And I have my session And uh I didn't have to pay a shrink To go do that with <laughs> Alright Guitar wank Shut out McCubbin Scott, Bruce, and Mr. Josh Smith. What do we have installed with the listeners this week? Oh, man,
1: I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs>
2: is a Mike, you know, he he is a hard guy to get to know and get to because so many people want to ask him about gear and he doesn't and really, he doesn't, doesn't, like it. doesn't really want to uh, He's you know, I'm sure he went through stages of he loved talking about gear but I don't think this is one of those stages. So so <laughs> you what, know, I've kind uh, and, of been yeah.
3: going through that for the last yeah, 40 years. Yeah. Last 40 years yeah. You've yeah. been like that. Yeah. So he,
2: he just, it's he a phase, just I kind think. of avoids you know, but but once you know Mike, you know, I I really Got to know Mike really well When he mixed my record yeah, He mixed yeah. the record for me Well to the bone He mixed that record and, and knowing him And watching him work And just hanging with him Then I realized What an unselfish cat he is And really oh, yeah. down to earth Nice Genuinely nice person he is Yep And uh, Wow it's different when you're his friend. And, and I can imagine all these people thinking about Mike as this shadowy figure who the, they'll never talk to me like that. But once he likes you and once he, he befriends you, he's the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Yeah. He used to
4: recommend me for sessions. He would recommend me for tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, ones that I wasn't prepared for yet, you know, when I had first moved here and I wasn't ready for something on that level especially some sessions he put me on I was not ready for you know and uh yeah he would let me borrow gear if I didn't have the right thing he be- Oh, do you need a certain pedal or amp? He would let me borrow. I mean, wow. Mike's just—he's a good dude. That's
3: mm-hmm. great. Well, let's get him on the fucking show. He'll never come <laughs> he's on not talk. That, to he's I. not that he's, good. He's not that good to come <laughs> on here, man.
2: Pussy. <laughs> I think
0: him. I posted the other day. Mike, Mike's coming on the show. Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Question. Mark. I'm gonna just keep bugging you, Mike, until you come on the show. Yeah. Mike <laughs> ain't listening to this. I have
2: you talking him. to. I've bugged him. Oh, I've, I've asked him. I got no reply. What's he what's uh, he like I, to drink?
0: No reply. What? What's he like to In
4: drink? Year, he
2: he like beer. Beers. He like beer. Mike, I like good beer, mate. But you know, I have asked him if he wants to come on the show but he just doesn't, It's
3: doesn't. me. He doesn't want to be around
2: me. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's you,
4: man. It's You, you are hard to deal he with. Yeah, he, yeah, you know. he hates jazz. That's what he. He hates jazz right. kind of any kind. He
3: knows we're such judgmental snob assholes. <laughs> yeah. You know
1: fucking
3: knew it. Oh, man, you're at Achilles' heel. You call
2: that
1: a fucking
3: cord?
2: (laughs) No, Mike won't come on the show because he's a Trump supporter.
3: Oh!
1: (laughs) Ah, ah will the him
3: i hear the whole james taylor band is man <laughs> oh, they're, they're they're actually funded by russia <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first right <laughs> oh my god Guitar so wait. what album are you working on
4: now
2: what what record
4: i got well the nice thing about having the studio is i can oh i got an idea i'm just gonna go do it you uh-huh. know and call the guys and uh-huh so i have a few in the can i'm trying to whittle down what i want the next record to be right I'm not really sure. <laughs> you
2: had horns and everything on your last record, right? No, that was that two I records
4: heard. ago. Two records oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Sorry,
2: man, because I haven't heard that that's too And that's a
4: little ago. bit of my problem that's is that me. all my records are a little different from their previous. Not, that's great. Yeah, but the labels in Europe and yeah, all that they don't shit like they don't like that. But, yeah.
3: you know, again, here it is. You're going to be creative, or are you going to, I mean, you're going to fucking suck ass to a bunch of people that ain't selling your shit anyway?
4: I just have trouble. The writing side is like. I just write what what happens. Right? I write what that's comes out. is that what does? you're supposed to do? That's what you're supposed I, to do. I thought so. Okay, you know? well, Josh, let me ask you a question. That's what you get
3: for listening to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> let me ask you a question. To learn anything? Um, <laughs> do these labels in Europe, Do they are they associated with an Asian in Europe that helps you get gigs?
4: No, no, oh, just record labels. Okay,
2: so have you ever thought about not using a label? Oh, yeah.
4: I, right now, so my, my record deal's over in Europe. Uh-huh. So... There's a bigger label, actually, Bonamassa's label in Europe, uh-huh. is interested in this next record, uh-huh. but they have a lot of comments. They want it to be way more rock and way more do what Joe's doing, basically, right. you know. And I just kind of, I just do what I do, you know. Sure. And
3: okay, yeah, that's great. But you know, I know we got we, we got to kind of wrap this up because yeah. you got somewhere to go. And I really want to touch a subject. Go for because it. Because I, I, we've had conversations, and I just want you to share it with the people who listen. The okay. per- I mean, the person that listens. <laughs> <laughs> and, <My dad>. uh, <laughs> that guy. And um, it's your father. Yeah, actually. my dad, yeah. So, and um, just uh, the evolution of the blues as a genre. Uh I mean... You know, and and I feel in. You want to end the show, and
4: you're going to get me started on this subject.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 because I feel that there's many parallels in the evolution of jazz as a genre, as as blues as a genre. Because I've played both styles of music in my life. You know, obviously a lot more in the jazz straight-ahead jazz world, but I've seen the difference in the way it's presented, the way the audience relates to it, and Mm -hmm. the way it's played. Yeah. Okay. And and I just you know someone who's obviously spent a whole lifetime loving it. Yeah. Dedicated to it. Just wanted you know just as much as you you want to rant, go ahead. You want to just give an overview, just your yeah. opinion. Just give you a, the open easel to kind of go down that road for us.
4: Well, you're right. Like I I love blues. Like right. I love it with all my heart. You know, and I've spent my life yeah learning yeah. about it. You know, listening to it learning who played on everything, trying to understand all this stuff. But I'm also not one of those guys who stopped in 1960 and didn't continue. Like, same, you have to deal with that shit too in the jazz world, you know. But, so there's this weird, there's almost like there's only two camps in blues right now. There's museum blues... Where it's just, note for note, I'm going to sound exactly like 1950 chess records. You know, I'm going to tune my guitar out of tune on purpose so I can sound like Johnny Guitar Watson. Mm. I'm going to wear a bowling shirt and play this exactly, you know what I mean? Like... But what's, what's the point of that? I understand keeping the music alive, but it's been done. And it's completely not honest. Like, when you don't tune your guitar, it's bullshit. Because those guys were doing the best they could. You could play better than that. You have better gear than that. You can tune. You know, like, those guys were honest in everything they did. That's what makes blues so special. And to me, the museum shit is not honest. Because they are they're, they're play sloppy on purpose. And when I hear that, it drives me crazy. Then you got to the other side... This heavy rock blues, you know, which is hugely popular. But where songs don't matter, uh, (laughs) pretty much nothing matters other than guitar solos, you know what I mean? And then there's like this not enough grouping of people where I try to put myself who are trying to do anything new in blues. Or at least if it's not new, trying to write great songs and do something contemporary. With blues, and it's like the museum blues people don't even want to hear anything new, and the rock blues people lump the people in the middle in with the museum blues people. So it's really hard to be trying to do anything interesting in blues and make any of the actual blues quote unquote fans happy.
0: What What about say guys like Gary Clark? Because he sort of he got to break through into the charts basically yeah what do you what do you guys what do you think i'm
4: all for i like i love gary clark yeah do i love the tunes and you know not really like it's okay right Uh, he's really talented he sings he plays he writes like but he's at least he's doing original material he's trying to do his own thing that's all i can ask in the blues world is like try to find your fucking voice voice and do something original in blues, because not enough people, who's trying to, like the record Scott just brought up, the one with the horns, there's full orchestra on that record. Big string section and horns. I was trying to do something special, you know, in blues. I wrote 40 songs for that record and whittled it down because it was like, well, who's going to write the next Thrill is Gone? Or who's going to write the next Further on Down the Road or whatever? You know what I mean? I was trying to. Right. And I don't think enough people are trying to do that at all in blues. They're just trying to either reinvent the wheel, Or play rock and call it blues. Where
0: where does Joe Bonamassa sit? Where does Joe
3: sit? In your opinion.
4: In his tunes? In the rock blues world, obviously. The only thing about Joe that gives me a little pause, besides that, he's my friend, and uh, he's done incredibly nice things for me. (laughs) No, Joe's (laughs) a great dude. Joe actually, and it actually drives me crazy when people sometimes rag on Joe, because some of the blues as fuckers right. hate Joe, you know? because Oh, he doesn't play blues at all. But actually, Joe has done his homework. I know he has. Yeah. I've been there with him. I've talked it with him. Yeah. I know what he knows and what he's listened to. And he knows his shit, you know yeah. what I mean? So, he, yes, his material is pretty rock, you know? But he at least is coming from a pure place. And also, fuck, man, he's found what works. So you're going to stick with that shit, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I,
0: kinda, I look at Joe and think he's... I look at him and think, oh, he's definitely fucking done his homework. I don't know how anyone Absolute. could say that.
4: No, well, yeah, there's a lot really? of these guys who. You know,
0: all you guys out there, fuck you.
4: Yeah.
2: But, <laughs> but you well, obviously I think, see I that. Think he's done his homework. He's done his homework. But yet, I don't really look at him as a blues player. Not really. But he, is a, he can play blues. Right. But I don't see him as a blues player. Well, who's player. a blues player, then? Kirk Fletcher or Josh. Sure. Kirk, or, is,
4: or, Kirk is the best blues player, I think, in the world. Right. He is really
2: great, man. Kirk is a motherfucker. Man.
4: Not that he can't play other things, too. Yeah, he can. plays. He loves a lot of music. Yeah. He's a well-rounded right. yeah. musician. Yeah. But when it comes to... If, if you're going to tell me I need to listen to somebody play a slow blues and my life depends on it, Kirk is the best yeah, in the fucking I, world. Yeah,
2: I, I agree. I right. agree. And, yeah. and that... He's a guy who who's like an example of a modern contemporary blues player not that he's reinvented the wheel because he hasn't but he is so good that he doesn't have to reinvent the wheel he's right. so great at what he does he's he's got a real voice don't i mean he, he has, has a, a real, real voice, voice that's, he's yeah. listened to a large yeah. breath of music yeah.
4: loves all music Mm-hmm. but loves blues more than anything. You can you know hear I mean?
2: all the influences of the different kinds of music that he's listened to and is playing, yet he's still playing blues. Absolutely. <laughs> he, Which was. Yeah, yeah. What about the blues
0: players that are still with us? Like, Well, or, or, or Clapton, what does the blues community look at Clapton nowadays? How do they look at him?
4: I think their opinion of him has changed a lot over the years. It's right. been cyclical and... Uh, what is he doing, to, oh, he's really important, to, oh, look, he's, well, I think he's well respected because, and rightfully so, besides how great he is and some of the tunes, and you know, he's a legend. He also brought so much attention to the real shit. He reveres it. He loves it with all his Mm -hmm. heart. So I, I have no problem taking anything he says Honestly, and mm-hmm. because I believe it, he yeah. loves that shit. He yeah. loves it with all his heart. You know, yeah. you know. And Jeff Beck's another guy who really plays the shit out of the blues. Yet,
2: yeah, probably people see more as a rock guitarist. But yeah. he plays the shit out of the blues. If you want,
4: he you know, absolutely he, does. He definitely well, does. I mean,
3: yeah, playing you the know. shit. I mean, there's lots of guys, jazz players, who play the shit out of the blues. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. It's just you know, I mean, uh, but yeah, I'm, I was you know, I'm just saying like in what I view what you know I mean I mean and tell me if if you see the same thing and I see this in jazz too I mean okay. I see this I think I see it in, I don't go to much to much pop or rock music uh-huh. so I really can't say I see it there the with the blues shows I go to and I go to quite a bit and, and I you know we even played one together and at Big mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun um, and this is true of jazz it's like as if we sit and we play, and the audience applauds solos. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like a gladiatorial event. Everybody gets the thing, and then everybody appreciates yeah. it and gets a certain level of appreciation for it. And I'm thinking about the blues gigs I did when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't like that. What was it? Like
4: just dancing and it was having like a good time. Dancing and, and
3: people fighting and screaming and we were just part <laughs> yeah. of the tapestry of a happening. Yeah. And and, and, and mm-hmm. the jazz gigs were no different than that. Mm-hmm. And now it's become this sort of gladiatorial Get in the ring and do your minute or two and get the, be- get the house. Well,
4: let me ask you this. In I jazz... Mean, do, do you agree with... It is, absolutely. With... It's okay. much more about the, ins- the soloist Okay, I mean, so, now.
3: so to me, that's just something I've noticed. And, and of course, someone like you who's way into that world, like I'm, I'm very capable of answering about jazz because that's the world I live in. In jazz,
4: do you to. think... I don't know. Like what's the percentage in jazz nowadays of just jazz singers who have a real career?
3: Just jazz singers who have a real career. There's, I mean, it depends yeah. on what you mean by real Because there's
4: no blues, stand-up blues singers now. Okay. That's not a thing, you no know no. what I mean? Yeah. In yeah. fact, most of the blues artists now, a lot of the most well-known ones, honestly sing like shit. Uh-huh. But it doesn't even fucking matter. Because yeah, they play. They, they, they play, you know? <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay, well, no, there there are quite a bit of jazz singers. Well, Buble, right? Well, you know, well, well, I mean... No, I'm talking about, okay, I don't know if what you're, I mean, again, we're we're caught in this whole world, (laughs) we're caught in this whole world of what's a career and everything, I mean, I know tons that make their living singing, you know, whether it's teaching, playing gigs, doing tours, making records, you know, the whole thing that where everybody's doing Mm -hmm. now, I know tons that are doing that. Okay. I know... A handful that are doing really well as leaders on like a major a, scene as jazz singers, yeah, okay, Guys like Gregory Porter and well, yeah, they're certainly and stuff. So there are those people, and there are a you know a, a crap load of the low of the the, the financial tier below that because I'm really I'm not making any aspersions as to artistic ability that are that are that are making still making a living. Being jazz singers.
4: Because in the blues world, that's not a thing anymore. There is no, like, there's like, I can count them on one hand. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. the ones that do anything. Well, I know. And they're all female. There's no dudes. Right. I I know.
3: I know. I know. I I could easily probably count out 50 right now and do some research and come into the hundreds, you know. So, but my point is, it's just, it seems to me there's been a basic change in the way the audience relates. Obviously to jazz, and I think in blues too. Just from my, from the what I've seen and what I've played in, uh, right. recently, and I'm just wondering. Of course, that kind of situation is going to change the music. Oh yeah! Just like you know, vice versa. It's not in a vacuum. It's not mm. like the music changes the audience. The audience changes the music too. I mean, it's this whole. It's this cultural environment, community. Mm. Isso e Of course school has really changed that because it's made people far more intellectually involved in the music and far less uh, involved on a performance basis out in the real world because the, the school itself is a hermetically sealed environment where you have your peers listening to your development not the not the marketplace yeah. listening to it yeah so you naturally the, the, the trying, repercussions yeah. and the and the and the actually the gravity of the situations that well you know okay you, you suck in school you get a B you suck out on a gig you don't get hired anymore everybody hears about it you know what I mean so it's like there's this whole I mean I'm just saying this has changed I don't know what has necessarily caused it. I was just wondering if, from your viewpoint, you you, you see or seeing the same thing?
4: It's certainly more about the soloist, mm-hmm. and, and
3: how does that change your music at times?
4: Mine, not at all, because okay. I just do what I do. Right, right, right. I play a lot of solos, anyways. Right, because I know that half of my audience aren't necessarily blues people; they're just guitar players. And they're you know you know what I mean. You play. So you yeah,
2: can, can I chip in? I, I just I'll Please. make it short. But I honestly believe that a lot of it has to do with the length of the solos. Because if you listen to Albert King record, he sings, he plays two choruses, yep. and he sings again. Right. There's no reason for people to go ape shit and applaud. Right. You take You're a right. modern blues player like I go to see Philip Sace, and he solos for 15 minutes. And, of course, at the end of that, people are going to applaud.
4: It's funny. Because,
2: (laughs) of course, they are. It makes common sense. That, of course, if you're going to take a big, long-ass solo, you should expect, because this is... You're right. And in my band, in my particular band, we have a saying. There are look-at-me solos, and there are solos that are not look-at-me solos. Right. And we have certain solos where the solo is meant to be a gateway between one part of the composition to another, and it flows out of the... In fact, a lot of the the, the 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 beginnings of the solos are actually composed to come out of a compositional segment, and they're composed to go into the next compositional segment, and the audience never applauds because they don't even know I'm improvising. They think it's... I'm being right. really melodic. I'm, I'm not burning. I'm not playing any chops. I'm right. purposely playing... Melodic ideas
3: that, and that's what. But but you know again, and I that's you pretty much describe my music. Uh huh. That's the way I play. Yeah. Right. But but I mean I'm just talking about the way the music is presented and and the way the audience responds to it. I'm not talking about us as art. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But you're right. I mean, and this does affect the way we present things.
2: And a lot of it has to do with the length
3: and uh, I it. The, the, uh, the, the, yeah, that's an interesting point you know but what the,
4: gets the, the house is what you're going to do exactly. you know I mean? you know
2: if some guy comes up on the front of the stage and brings out his saxophone and starts blowing a big ass long solo and when it's done everybody quiets down and he walks away who's not going to clap yeah right. when i when i, I, I mean, was
4: 14 it's... and i had been gigging already and kind of starting to feel confident what you just said was like a light bulb moment. I I was watching a band. I had there was a club I used to play all the time, and they would let me open for a lot of the bigger artists or small, whatever, any artist. And I was opening for I won't say the name, but it's a British blues artist, pretty well known from the '60s, like a, a real deal old school, you know, British guy. And he was kind of real sloppy and you know he was older already so he didn't have all his ability that he had when he was younger anyways Ouch. the second song the second song was just like a dirgy boogie boom and he second song on this dirge and e sold it for 15 minutes mm-hmm. of bullshit mm-hmm. and i'm sitting there with my dad like what the fuck is this guy doing? Mm-hmm. And he's just building into frenzy of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But then the audience went bananas of course. and stood up from their chairs. And I was like, holy fuck! It doesn't matter what you play. It's just that you play it loud and you play it long. <laughs> yeah. And it was a, it was a big moment. Like, like there's some, uh, like time. there is something to I, it. I, man, yeah. there's a, that's
2: the circus aspect of of music or the athletic or the circus thing. You know you get a guy up there to play super fast and super long and people are going to fucking cheer yeah. because that's that circus thing. Which man. flies people, in the
4: face of what the blues well, is.
2: Well, <laughs> it, it, it flies in the face of what good music is. That too. That was you
3: know. kind of my point. You yeah. know, I mean, but not only, you know, I mean, I'm just saying.
4: But blues like, is also about unbelievably great improvisation too
3: of course it is
4: but yeah it wasn't just about that it's a fabric
3: it's a community thing it was you know i mean my experience with it you know and don't you think
2: also is that okay let's just take two players like albert king and Kirk fletcher yeah albert king was one of the most wonderful blues players ever to live on this earth Absolutely.
4: absolutely but he wasn't
2: a chops guy no, he wasn't no. a look at of me not. And, and and look at all the amazing scenes. Now, you have Kirk Fletcher, who gets up there and your fucking mouth drops on the floor because he's not just playing musical shit, but he's also playing some fucking heavy, hard-to-play motherfucking chops he has shit. chops so he has harmonic man, knowledge you know
4: and he can make it feel like albert
2: yeah and that and that kind of virtuosity didn't exist back then so in the days where you're saying well it was a party and people are just not paying well, right, so right, attention really, you right know,
3: i wasn't putting it yeah. down on that level yeah. i was just saying the way people interact with it because i mean I, you know it never got better than Albert King. You know what yeah. I mean? It will well, never be better. It'll yeah. be different. It's, it's different. different. It, it never gets better. Right. I mean right. And, and it's like it wasn't that it didn't matter. It wasn't right. that people weren't paying attention. I'm to me it's more like that it was more interwoven into the fabric of the experience as opposed yeah. to it being Understood. More of a spectacle.
2: And I told it right, that's the speculative. Speculative as opposed to uh, uh, what it, was the community
4: before I, that. I you know. I will say in today's blues players and just in general, there's not as many Pure moments where I'm in the audience or listening to a new recording where it makes me react the way Albert King does. And for example, I was in the car literally three days ago with my son, and I was listening. Albert King came on. I have XM in the car, so I have the blues channel, Serious Radio. Mm-hmm. And it's just whatever. Albert King's song came on, it was Blues Power from Fillmore. Oh, which I love has the blues power. One of the ultimate That's blues awesome. solos of all yeah. time. But, but- yeah. so when the stops happen <laughs> when the stops happen my son's sitting behind me in the back seat just the two of us and I just kept going Ugh. Mm. oh, yeah. and my son's like why do you keep doing that dad and I'm like don't you feel that I said to him don't you feel that like I uh, literally feel it in my it's chest it's chilling man you know like what it's I mean? just and I don't get those kind of moments that as, fucking from new fucking first lick he
2: plays Ooh. is so fucking badass just that little right. dig, dig, they free did it here. There's this one time go, on the turnaround the where he goes <Valenceları> that kills me <laughs> <laughs> every know. time. Every time you hear it, you just go, Jesus Christ, what the well, fuck? Well, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So, so
4: yeah, that's that's, but that's what we're talking that's about. That's just what I to like,
3: ask about. It. I just thought that that was a
4: we well, talked about. The players yeah, are are obviously better now. You know, at least technically. Well, technically, and gear is better, and you know, so. I mean, that's why... Is it
0: better? But uh, obviously not Kirk and players like that and yourselves and all that. But a players, it's becoming more technical and less about the passion, the feeling. Yeah. And I'm sure Albert went through some heavy shit that we will never understand of course to go through. So that's coming out in, in his music. So uh, we got less of that and more of the ability?
4: Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I think all that matters is... And what's always been most paramount for me in everything I play, especially when I'm playing blues, what any any solo I take, any improvisation I do, I'm. Try- I, I don't know about. I mean, sure, you guys have to feel the same way. I'm trying to like shut off what I'm, no thinking, you know, and just play what I'm hearing. It's like it's about being honest. Like it, I really heard that, so I played it. It might have been sucky, but it was. F- I meant that shit, and. And that's what those guys did. They meant that shit, every note. You know what I mean? So
2: that's all you really have to do to be a great player is mean the fuck out of what you're playing. Well, that's why it's it's important to me when I learn, like
4: when I when I watch your my my masterclass videos and try to steal shit or yours. You know what I mean? Which I do regularly. You know, or when I get to sit down and play with you and I'm trying to ask questions or whatever. When I take that home, what's most important to me is every new thing I learn, no matter if it's sophisticated or not. Is that it comes out like in the same way that the shit I always play comes out? Mm-hmm. That only when I really hear it and do I mean it, you know? And I mean yeah. it's got to feel like, like, like I mean it, you know? It
2: always, that, that, and that's the only thing that really separates professional players from non-professional players. Yeah. Because even the students who are amazing and have all this brilliant technical ability, and you feel something is off when you hear them play and you don't i don't know how to describe it you don't feel it you don't you don't feel that they mean what they play or do you think that it feels like they're just showing off their technique but i don't hear any story being told or melodic really something deep melodically like when i hear a lot of technicality but no substance Mm -hmm. that's when i have to turn it off it doesn't it doesn't move me and that could be a jazz player, that could be a blues player, that could be a rock. It doesn't matter. It's just that there's that element that if you don't hear it, and I think I'm old enough to hear it when I hear it. That's all there I can say. Yeah. It's yeah. like I can't explain it to somebody, but I know it when I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I know when somebody's telling a story and when they're not. Josh, and I've, that's it.
0: That's a really good topic. Have you, thinking back through your life, you got a moment that really stands out. You saw a player, it was just like... Have you got. I'm sure you got a lot of those moments, but can you think of one where you saw a player that was, uh, oh fuck.
4: There's a couple. Uh, first was BB King for sure, because yeah. I was young enough when I first saw him that he was still kind of dealing. Yeah, like he he still had it, you yeah. know. Uh, BB's always been Albert gives me the most like punch to the gut. But B.B. personally has always been the most important to me. B.B.'s singing is ridiculous. It, it's the whole package. It's just shit, he's the man. king of the blues, yeah, and I mean, just, he just plays all this great shit, and he yeah. sings, and... I met him when I was really young, and he he was so nice to me. And I also saw him shake everyone's hand and sign every autograph, and it made it, it was a big thing as a kid. Like that was really important. Yeah, so, good. BB seeing Derek as a kid honestly was really important because Derek didn't have the vocabulary that he has now, but he felt the same way. It was like, wow, who is this kid? Like, where did he get he, this feel? He, he, you he know, he's
0: like he's he's very different. To me, he feels very on his own as a guitar player. He's very different. He's like a he's singer. He's doing his own thing. He's, he's like a singer, singer on yeah. his instrument. He's a singer. You know, he's and he
4: exactly had right. that when yeah. he was a kid. He didn't have the vocabulary, yeah. but he had the feel. Yeah,
2: yeah. he's he's really good. Man. And then
4: I saw, <sighs> I saw Scott. I actually Scott, saw Scott, Scott in Scott Fort who? La- Scott Henderson
2: who? in <laughs> Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, at Alligator Alley. Oh yeah, with Tribal Tech.
4: No, it was your band.
2: Oh, it was? Oh yeah. shit. Yeah.
4: I saw you. I saw Tore Down House probably. Oh,
2: okay. I
4: uh-huh. saw uh, Robin was fucking huge for yep. me, Larry Carlton was yep. huge. Uh-huh. I didn't see Larry Carlton because he didn't tour like that, right. but Robin did and I was 14 and I played this big festival called Sunfest in West Palm Beach. I know
2: Sunfest, yeah.
4: Huge audience and I was getting pretty popular
2: Yep.
4: and the, I was playing late, actually later in the night than Robin. And I got there early to go see Robin. And I didn't, at that point, I didn't get Robin. He didn't bend enough strings for me. Yeah. I liked Albert King and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. And I didn't understand Robin Ford. Yeah. And I, but I got there early and was backstage. And there, it was Blue Line. So it was him and, and Roscoe and Tom yeah. Breckley. Yeah. And I got, I got to stand on the back of the stage behind his dumble for the whole show. And it t- t- blew me the fuck away. Like I I didn't know what I was hearing cuz I wasn't that sophisticated, you know, mm-hmm. but that was that was a big one like I I've got a lot to learn, you know. There is more when, vocabulary that you can say and still play blues. When like. you
2: heard the Alligator Alley gig, was that Kirk Covington playing drums?
4: I think so. And I who guess, was the I, bass player?
2: I guess it must must have been John Humphrey. I think it was, John you Humphrey. Know, you know John, right? I don't know him. no. Well, he he was a teacher at MI for a long. That's how I Met him and he played with uh, Jean Luc Ponty with me back in the eighties. I think that I gig. even
4: saw you one yeah. time before Alligator Alley.
2: Yeah, I just I just wondered if that was Kirk. That had to be Kirk way back then.
4: Probably. You know? Dude, wow, seriously,
0: man. you uh, your blues playing is fucking off the planet. Well, uh, like I don't. Uh, you should do another blues album, I, uh,
2: Scott. You should I, I, I always wonder sometimes what real blues blues players think about me because I'm uh, such a hybrid player. I'm not really anything. I I'm not. I'm not a good good enough blues player to call myself a yeah, blues but you player were, but I'm not a good jazz dude, player to call I myself All I care about
4: just that, like. honestly my checklist for whether I can <laughs> take you serious <laughs> playing blues is if I know that you love it for real yeah. or not Well you know I you, like, you sound like that you, that you but shit, always you always
2: know? fucking kill on the blues you're, Well you're like 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 Josh said the whole point when you're trying to play music and you want to do your own music, I guess, and if you're thinking about your own original music as a composer and as a music producer, not just a player, is trying to do something new with what you have. You know what I mean? So I guess Josh has heard enough blues to know that he wants to take the blues in his own direction. I've heard enough blues, rock, and jazz to know that I want to kind of combine all that shit and take it in my direction. And I guess whether you accomplish it or not, that's what we're trying to do. You yeah. know, that's 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 the goal. You know, yeah. to try to have a voice. That's it. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And and that's you know, you know what you've heard it said a million times. It's not the it's 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 the road, it's not the destination. When did you so feel like whole, you
4: found your own voice? How old were you? God damn it. I don't know. I still don't know. Yeah, but, but you I, know you have your own voice. Well was there a moment like a, cause I got one?
2: Yeah, I think oh, Jesus I I you know what? This is a funny thing to say, but I think it's when I stopped listening to Alan Holdsworth. Really? Yeah, because I think in the early days of Tribal Tech, I was so influenced by that Tony Williams album. Yeah, of course. I'm not really sure if I had a voice before then, but everybody, every guitar player on earth was so blown away by that Tony Al- Tony Williams Believe It yeah. album that everybody started playing like Alan, me included. And not notes, because I never transcribed a, a one lick from him because anything that he played would be impossible for me to play because, you know... <laughs> His hands like this much bigger than mine, so there's no way I could transcribe anything. But the phrasing, the tone, you know, I, that legato thing—I've been looking for a sound like that so that I could not have to pick every note. Yeah. And 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 all I needed to do was just get a little more gain, and and I accomplished it. But it never occurred, it never hit me until I heard him. Like, wait a minute, I have the gear. I can do that. I can get a sound like that. And then I started listening to him a little bit too much. And for the first couple Tribal Tech albums, I think that I sounded too much like Alan. So I decided I'm not going to listen to him anymore. And when I stopped listening to him, my old influences started coming out Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, Jeff Beck. jesus uh, george benson jesus. um jesus? Uh, jesus jesus right jesus well you know i've been influenced by uh, him
3: i'm more into moses yeah but. Me, and jesus <laughs> are,
2: me and jesus are like this man i'm yeah. telling you yeah. so so the, i think hey, after hey, a while jewish
3: why did he have a mexican name <laughs> <laughs> i think
2: after a while and you probably agree that you start to see the sum of your influences sort of sort of put together in that stew and something comes out that sounds more like you. Yeah. And I think that all I had to do was stop listening too, too much to one guy.
4: And it was the same for me. When I was 15, I was gigging a lot by then. And I had gone from just playing blues and whatever to Stevie Ray Vaughan Strat. Hat, long hair, and, uh, and, and I and, was obsessed with yeah, that shit. And, you know, yeah. and nobody
2: can blame you. Because, and I
4: had a good yeah. year and a half where that was—I was Stevie sure. Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it. And then I was at a festival in Florida, I think up in Tampa, and my band was getting ready to go on. And the band before us was playing, and their guitar player was a, a you know forty-year-old man in a hat with a Stevie Ray Vaughan Strat mm-hmm. playing Stevie Ray Vaughan, and it was like. Ding ding ding! Holy yeah. shit, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Shh, cut that shit yeah. out right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe it's not cool to just do one person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's it. You listen uh, enough to one guy, you're gonna start sounding like that. Bruce has a story that will fucking knock your socks off. But, but <laughs> about George? No. no. About Pat Metheny. Yeah. Oh. Uh, tell it. No. It, no, uh, no well, no. anyway, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's like, it, it's <laughs> like.
3: But you know, it's kind of like you start off your life like I gotta be me. I gotta be me. It's like your twenties, your your teens. If you start that early, your teens, your twenties. I gotta be me. I gotta be me. Somewhere you hit your like thirties and forties, and you go, "Oh shit, I'm me." God damn
2: it! What can I do about it? How do I change it? Nobody how do I likes it? this shit.
4: Nobody likes me.
3: Oh man! <laughs> really how do I true. change this
2: shit, man?
3: It's really true. It's like, how did this happen? Oh shit! You know,
2: I swear to God, man. Every time, you know, I go to hear like Bruce play, or I'll go listen to Tommy Emmanuel, or listen to somebody that just you know, does something so badass that I can't even come close to in that genre. You know, it makes you just rethink your... Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you know, I just do this little shit and it's just so unimportant. I feel the same way when
4: I hear Bruce. I'm like...
2: Yeah, but I feel the same way when I hear you Well,
3: it's just... it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I I heard Scott and and the baked potato, like, about a year ago. And I'm there and I said to myself, how... Yeah, Did I miss the point? <laughs> how, how could I have done this for 40-some years and completely missed the point of what my instrument's about? You know I, mean? I
4: <laughs> feel that way about both you guys. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, crazy because like, when I listen to you, uh, I can at least, uh, on the tunes, yeah. I know the chords. I know what chord's coming next, you know yeah. what I mean? So I can kind of, I still don't have any idea what the fuck you're doing. Because like, so un- your vocabulary is so ridiculous and you swing so hard. But at least I know what chords are next. So I can kind of, if I went home and worked for the next 20 years, maybe figure it out. <laughs> Scott, I feel like I'm listening to an alien most of the time. <laughs> and I don't have any idea what chords are happening or what he's playing over them. And it just, it, it's just, <laughs> I'll so never funny, do that, man. you know?
2: Well, it's great that it's, in a way, it's wonderful that everybody can listen to everybody else and get so much enjoyment out of it, at the same time, feel such outrageous jealousy. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't always, know. Always. I mean, I
3: just, like, I play, I go, holy fuck, how did I miss the point on this, you know? Well, I mean, I've been paying you know, attention. I've been working really fucking hard. But <laughs> yeah. you, you know, know what? I miss the point? I, man, I
2: listened to point? Li- I listened to Tommy Manuel uh, the other day on YouTube playing Over the Rainbow. Oh, yeah. And you've seen him do it, Yes. Right? yes. And you just go... what the the hell like how the hell did he do you know and it's so flawlessly and beautifully played and i i think i can't usually play more than than 20 seconds without making a huge clam and i'm just playing (laughs) one note at a time (laughs) and here's this guy that has this it's like he just doesn't ever make a mistake and he's right there and it's like every note is as clear as a bell and it's so beautifully done and so artfully, you know, uh, played. And you just go, how in the world is that even possible? Let him do it while he's fucking I mean, he's telling a story. <laughs>
4: that's that's I mean, obviously, some of it's, would. I mean, a lot of it's a gift, obviously. Yeah. But let all, him tell a
3: joke while he's doing you it. Mean, like, yeah. See how yeah. like, fucking talented come, he is. Let him come see the red guitar and let's see him do that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean?
4: But when I watch him, <laughs> I just, I see hours. Like, all I can see is he must play guitar. Twice as much as I ever played yeah, in my yeah, whole life yeah. in a year. Oh, you know always, what I mean? Yeah, that's what yeah. I see. Yeah, like, that's... oh my God, he just must never put the guitar down. You know? Yeah,
2: well, gonna... let's see what he can do with the Strat and Marshall. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> I'm, There's I'm some videos me. of that
3: out there. Wait a minute, Wait a minute. I can do a monologue and play over Giant Steps. You know? Come oh, I can't on. do I can tell that. Jo- I can tell jokes and play over Giant Steps. I can't <laughs> even
4: play it. over Giant Steps. <laughs> see what I
3: mean? So come on. I don't even know what Giant Steps is. Well, you know, you know.
4: Oh my God! Well, Josh, man, uh, man Josh, um,
3: thank you so much. Of course, guys. thanks for amazing. being here, man. Yeah, that was You're fun. Dude. On your amazing really, studio. Yeah, man. Congratulations thank you guys. on the, all career. that hard work. You, I mean, man. you know, you got a great future ahead of you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty
2: soon you'll be as old as us. Yeah, so yeah.
4: pretty soon. Man, that's yeah, that's what you got
3: yeah, to look you, cool You'll thing. probably have to take over the podcast. So. <laughs>
4: At what age did you start having the feeling where, when you were on the gig, you you realized you weren't the, the youngest guy yeah. anymore?
3: Oh, I realized it was the youngest guy. That was well, that would be in the thirties. Okay, but but now, now now I realize I'm the oldest guy. Now that's okay. been a, like the last ten years. Do you mean the thirties or the, the nineties? Because the I still 19, times don't, don't think
4: about it until there's somebody so young that I realize. Well, oh no, fuck! I'm nowhere no, near the youngest be, guy I'll in this I'll man. I'll be
3: like on the gate go. Oh shit! I'm the oldest guy here,
4: dude. The guys yeah. in my band are I'm, in their twenties. I, so the, I was all the, like, I was always it's a, the young guy. Oh well, I've been the young guy my right. whole I mean, life. You even like, more
3: than me, but you it's, know what I mean. That's gonna be a head trip.
0: Oh, oh it's so totally a trip. Oh, you got to see Josh Smith. He's, he's like kid that, blah, blah, blah. and now you're not the kid anymore, right? I'm not
4: even close. No.
0: That's a, that's gonna be weird. Yeah.
3: <laughs> But I still act like
2: it. It might be how that girl that played um, Marsha on the Brady Bunch
3: feels. (laughs) It's almost exactly the same. uh, People say I'm the most immature player for my age. (laughs) There you go.
2: (laughs) Oh, they say I'm the most immature person for my age. Yeah, well, well, we back that up. You guys know that's true.
3: You've been reading our...
0: Well, Josh and Nick, I can't thank you guys enough. You know you get to go home home with? Guitar wank mugs. Wow! Yeah. Aren't you blessed? Really? Unbelievable! Wow.
3: You're so, so blessed. blessed in something the to breaking your luggage.
4: <laughs> Nick had to sit here and just listen to us talk that long, and all he only wants to do is go see Larry Golding's and Peter Bernstein. Well,
3: you know. <laughs>
2: fun man
0: but you I'm get serious. to say no. you were on guitar wank that's that's a huge yeah you guys
2: no, thanks no, for doing really this this yeah. was a blast I'm are sure you gonna, sure gonna go hang with those guys you're yeah. yeah. gonna go watch yeah sell them tell them hi if you if you oh. get to okay yeah tell them hi
0: find so the guitar wank um historic uh original 52
3: <laughs> re-issue. <laughs> reissue deli re-issue. Relicked, relicked by his ex-old lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right, she relicked it
2: <laughs>
3: She relicked it for you
2: by trying oh, to man, hit you over the head with it. man, she
3: pissed that night, man. Oh my God.
2: That's so wonderful, man. <laughs> I like that relicking idea. Uh, Fucking great. Nice.
3: We can start side the front, too, can't we? We
0: can side, yeah. It's, I just figured that we would do
3: that.
0: Yeah. So the sides. Good, the sides. Awesome. Fantastic. Can you see the comment at the bottom? I don't know. He Let can me. Say, uh, oh no! Oh, what's okay, you say?
2: he say?
1: Oh, and he says bunch of guys sitting around like jerks, boring. He <laughs> yeah, said that's that Kinsey. Kinsey. He <laughs> said oh. bunch did of bunch, bunch of guys sitting around, around right. like
3: jerks, boring. Oh, is that Guitar Wank? Was it a Guitar Wank yeah, live post? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's from Simpsons. Yeah, that's when Homer goes stupid. Yeah. Trees finally yeah. getting used for something worthwhile instead of standing oh, around like a bunch of jerks.
0: So it's not, not like
2: serious. Like, no, oh, no. no, 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 Kenzie's who we went to lunch with today. Yeah. We didn't. We told him uh, that he couldn't come on the podcast tonight because he wasn't good enough.
3: Yeah, yeah, Scott said, <laughs> <we> got <laughs> he's Scott got to he's, he's, he's mad he's, now. He's, he's <laughs> That's why he's pissed off. Can we, can we get a picture uh, of, of everyone? He's pissed
2: off now. You- that's Yeah,
3: the fucking Kinsey. Yeah, I told him we had the lowest rank, it was he was, the was the on lowest the show, rated show ever. and I
2: told him it was the lowest rated show ever, the, the time he was on.
3: <laughs> was it they true are, or not? Not <laughs> no no, no enough people really? watch this to have the lowest rated <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, they're all the lowest they're all rated. rated. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, let's do
1: it. This okay, so I need my mic. Alright, Hey, David, how you doing? It's a fun night tonight.
0: Nick and Josh, this is my old man, David. Oh. I'm not yeah, supposed, supposed to call
2: to him your it. old yeah, he's dad's man. He's my old man. He's your dad. No. He's my dad? Geez.
1: He's yeah. the sperm no,
2: no, donor. No, 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 no. no they're, they're gay. <laughs> it's just long. <lovely. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> right, so the first time I met his dad, I said, so you're the sperm
0: This is Josh Smith. Find his music on JoshSmithGuitar.com or find him on Facebook, Josh Smith on Facebook. You can find his music everywhere. Some great tracks here. I can't remember what they were called, but um, yeah, sound great. Thanks, Josh. See you guys next week. Hopefully.